It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. <laughs> Welcome to the latest episode of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. I am Craig Fowler and we're back once again counting down the top 12 players in the Scottish Premiership at a specific position and today it is that of the fullback. As usual, to go through these countdowns, I am joined by Joel Sked. Hello Joel. Hello, what up? <laughs> what up to yourself, Joel? How... How did you find this? Um, I I I kind of wanted I wanted about sixteen. I really wanted fourteen, and it was a real, real wrench to cut it to twelve. Uh, there was one player that, that's missed out on my list that I feel really really bad about missing out. Um, how about yourself? So I found there was there was let's see I think there was nine players eight or nine nine players that I thought right they're they're going to be in my. Uh, they're going to be on my list. It's very old firm heavy, <laughs> and then there were players back of that. It was like it was. I found it very difficult to separate. I don't know uh, positions ten, eleven, twelve, and then those are thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. Right, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so you 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 less enthusiastic, slightly less enthusiastic about me, but I still think we've got. I think like there's a good. Unlike the goalkeepers, there's nobody here that I dislike. Yeah, uh, there's, so there, yeah, there's, there's there's no one I dislike, and there's there's one player, uh, there's one player I'm a big fan of who probably should be in, but he's not made the cut because I've been swayed by stats. Um, but we'll we'll, we'll let's discuss him. But uh, yeah, uh, unfortunately, Scott McMahon has not made my list, and I feel bad for that. 
<laughs> nerd. Uh, Scott McMahon. Um, no, he's just not been good enough for the direct this season. Uh, he was in my top ten last, top twelve last year. I've always kind of liked him at Hamilton. He was very good when he first went to United, but he's been rubbish recently. For taking off a half time in the last game, he's just not performed at all since those first couple of months. And yeah, he he dropped he dropped well down my my overall. Having been, I don't know, I think I had him maybe eight or nine last year. Yeah, I didn't quite high because he was he was really important to Aki's. Yeah, he's not even come anywhere. He wasn't even anywhere near to making my list. But let's go with who has. Joel, who's your number 12? My number 12 is Livingston captain Nicky Devlin. So he's the one that misses out for me. Uh, he would have been number 13 on my right. list. Um, if, if we... If, if it was, was a top 13, then the Nicky Devlin would have been on it. And I had him. I actually had him on my top 12. And I changed them out at the last minute. For for Dev, Devlin, for me, I don't think he's that flashy, but I think he's a really important part of uh, Livingston uh, Livingston's team. I think he's had over the last couple of seasons he's had his moments uh, where he's, he's he's maybe not looked quite the pl- uh, the player Livingston hope, uh, fans hope for, but then he's always he's always showed that kind of bounce back ability. I really like. Uh, I, just, I just I just look at him and think you're just a really solid, reliable. Scottish Premiership fullback for uh, for a team looking to push into the top six. So that kind of that, that middle where Livingston are now, like he he's got that quality, and a lot of it's down to his uh, his, his, his physical quality. So I look at him, and there's a, there's a player uh, at Celtic, so uh, Tony Ralston, who's further up on the list. That I look the in terms of their like body shape and the way they play, I think they're uh, quite um, quite similar. And that Nicky Devlin is just very, it's just a very powerful uh, powerful fullback and. You look at the, how the Livingston defence has changed this season, just with, uh, so obviously Fitzwater's still there, he's much improved, and then you've got Iowa Obelai coming in, and uh, James Penrice has played most at left back for Livy, moved away from the, certainly moved away from the back three, and I just think he's been a, a really steady influence on the right-hand side of defence. Yeah, fair enough with all that. Uh, I'd, like I say, I really wanted Devlin to, to make my list, he just missed out, and... Um... Livingston fans can 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 tweet me and tell me how much of an idiot I am when I reveal who I have ahead of him. He is he's a very good leader as well of of all the kind of things you didn't touch upon there. He's somebody mm-hmm. he's a Livingston captain. He he really kind of puts his body on the line often and quite a high kind of shot blocker. Uh, somebody who likes to get stuck in in terms of sliding tackles as well. And one thing I, t- I do maybe want a bit more for Devlin. I want I want him to be more. Because he does it already, but not as often as I think he should in terms of picking up the ball and just driving at opposition. Yeah. Because he's great in terms of his his speed and his power of running. But I think he does do it. But for me, I would like to see him do it more often. Like I think, Yeah, I think that uh, he does need to make more of that. Because he's one of those where, similar to what we've talked about Jason Naismith before, when he, get go- when he gets going, he's very hard to stop. Mm-hmm. And 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 the defensively as well, I think he's he's, he's really good in those one on one battles because he is aggressive and he's he's so strong. He's got that sturdy, really really sturdy base. So yeah, um, he's, yeah, he's, he's a player like, but I definitely think there's there's, uh, there's more to him than he shows. 
So the player that I selected above Devlin at the last second, and this is mainly, he's not as good a season as Devlin. Um, injury's been a part of that, but just in terms of overall form, he's not been as good as Devlin. But the reason I picked this guy, and this is going to be a bit of a theme in my list coming through with where I've selected some players, and it's to do with kind of ceiling. Like, this player's ceiling is very high, higher than a lot of fullbacks. He's a guy, he's a, he's a fullback who could win a game for you on his own. And... Can Nicky Devlin do that? Yeah, but probably not as um, as easily as this player can do it, and there's not as much evidence of him doing it on a on a very very high level and very important games. And if you've not guessed already, my number twelve is St Johnson's Sean Rooney. Oh, okay. Do you okay, uh, do I, I you don't, go him at all? I don't have him at all. I think he. I don't know. Looking at comparing this season to last season, I'm not sure if anyone's had uh, not a bigger fall from grace because, like you said, there's mitigating circumstances that St Johnston position they're in, uh, just the the upheaval, and it's it's just not been uh it's just not been none of that consistency of last season and injuries, but he has just not had anywhere near the influence he had last uh, last last season and he's, he's not but i'm not i'm not about to forget all that yeah <laughs> as well that, that's, fair. Um, that's, much, that's, that's fair that's that's fair i much I, one, he played perhaps arguably a bigger role than anybody in, in winning St. johnson two cups yes but that what 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 makes me think about that is uh, like going back to that, it's like it was was that just was it just one season like like just uh, a one season wonder almost mm-hmm. uh, uh, Premiership quite, wise. Quite possible. So that that's 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 where my concern is with Rooney because again, on like like you said, I mean, you, you you talked about it. Um, you know, sorry, you, you're spot on there when you you look at on his day what he can produce. He can be devastating, absolutely devastating as uh, as a wing back. Whether it's coming in at the back post uh, to attack, um, to cut crosses, or just motoring up and down that up and down that wing. But no, I, I think it's, there's there's been a big drop off, and I um, I just I just it's just weird that he's gone from just being this this uh, colossus that everyone kind of was aware of, and you just barely seen him, barely seen him this season. Yeah, I think he's just been dragged down by how shit his yeah. team is as well, to be fair. Yeah, he's still like he's still showing up quite well in a kind of number of aspects of the game. He's still getting forward quite a lot. He's uh, of all the kind of fullbacks in the league, he's got the fourth most shots attempted uh, this season per ninety minutes. Uh, same for um, six for touches in the box, six for dribbles. But he's also somebody who defensively still puts his body in the line. He's a bit raw on that side, but he's somebody who he defends like he attacks, like he goes with a lot of gusto and a lot of kind of, like a lot of the kind of cliches, a lot of heart, a lot of bravery, and, and that's kind of how Sean Rooney plays the game at both ends, and that also makes him a very fun player to watch as well, um, although Nicky Devlin was the same, but yeah, Sean Rooney won two cup finals, and Nicky Devlin hasn't, so uh, maybe another season if they're both playing at these levels, so you think Rooney might be away in the summer, um, but another season if they're both in the league of them playing at... At the level this season, I would definitely have Devlin ahead of him. But last season is just too, too fresh in the mind for me to drop Rooney entirely. Right, who's your number eleven? Right, this is uh, this is this is. I think this is going to be controversial, but I just think I just really liked his impact he's had at uh, the club. He's he's, he's barely he's, he's played ooh, how many games? Ten games for his club uh, since joining in January. 
but I think he's improved the team. I think they've improved. Uh, they've improved defensively since he came in. Uh, he has added a. Uh, uh, an attacking element to the team and that is uh, Kane Ramsey at Ross County he was in my longer list the, 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 my longer short list <laughs> that doesn't make any sense he was in my short list but not in the 12 uh, I think I would have had him about 15th or 16th when, when going through the list I was thinking right he has uh, there's there's two it's two uh, there's two little evidence for him to be Considered into being one of the, the the top twelve, but then you look at it. I think I go back to. I think he's had a, a strong impact, and he's well liked at Ross County, albeit he was sent off uh, recently against Celtic. But then it was one where, and I feel like I am uh, I, I'm a really bad manager uh, who's been influenced by Y Scout, and then he's we just look in terms of. Uh, second highest successful defensive actions per 90 second for defensive dual success so obviously as a Ross County defender he's, he's going to be more involved but he, he, he wins them uh, and he's, he's a very hard player to play against attacking wise third for successful dribbles and he really really enjoys a slide tackle his, his slide tackles per like 90 minutes is uh, incredibly uh, sorry is, is so much higher than the person second on the list uh, which maybe says that he could be rash and um, uh, that could cause issues further down the line does he read the game that well but Slay Tackling's fun so he gets awarded for that <laughs> it's true Slay Tackling is fun he is also pretty good as well at uh, running with the ball uh, mm-hmm. advancing the ball up the park and his He's well. This is kind of he's somebody. He is a young player, so this, some stuff should come in time. But he's a very he's a decent crosser of the ball, but he doesn't do it an awful lot. In fact, he does it very rarely at all. And that's kind of something I want to see more from his game. And it's also why, since coming into Ross County, he's got the. I mean, it's a small sample size. You would think it would, it would improve over time. Um, but he kind of lacks a bit of creativity because of his reticence to do much with it when he gets into the final third he's good at taking it up there he's just not really good at doing anything once he's arrived yeah he's, he's very much our head heads down uh, heads down runner with the ball spring has sprung and our friends at Manscaped have the best tools for some spring cleaning in your pants that's right it's Craig Fowler here again to talk about below the waist men's grooming it's time to clear out that winter bush and join the other 4 million men who trust Manscaped Use the code TERRACE to get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. I know a lot of you guys who listen to this are always like, Fowler, we don't want to hear you go on about your balls again. But let's be real, guys. Nobody likes there to be just a lot of mess down there. It's 2022. We're expected to be nice and trim and looking good. And there's no reason not to be, especially when you use Manscaped. They've got everything you could want to feel nice and fresh in their Performance Package 4.0. In this little care bundle, you get the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, you get the Weed Whacker, which attacks ear and nose hair, you get the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, the Crop Reviver Toner, the Performance Boxer Briefs, and they throw in a travel bag to keep it all together. The Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer has been described by Manscaped as a pube assassin, and how can you argue with that? But let's not sleep on the Weed Whacker, because, I mean, let's face it, Regardless, even if even if you're like, yeah, don't I'm, yeah, don't need, I don't want to hear about down there. But you want the weed whacker because nobody wants to have protruding hairs coming out of your nose and ears. Nobody finds that attractive. 
And as I have said several times before, I am a big fan of the performance boxer briefs. So, get 20% off and free shipping with the code TERRACE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code TERRACE at manscaped.com. It's time to throw out your old hygiene habits and upgrade your life. Right, so he's not my number 11. I don't have him on my list. My number 11 is an old TERRACE favourite. It's Richard Tate. This... (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Terry's favourite. I've it was one that I wanted to consider, but I went for another St. St. Mirren fullback. Oh, hmm. If it's if it's who I think it is, I didn't even consider him at all. Um, right, so Richard Tate. Uh, we know how he kind of plays the game by now. He's been around for a, for a long time. Motherwell and then St. Mirren can play on both the left or the right. Somebody who is very kind of committed as well. Another one of those types of players, but somebody who's also very good going forward. He gets into the penalty area quite a lot. Uh, he his crossing is excellent. It's always been excellent. It's always been one of the main main um, impacts of his game. And this season, out of all the fullbacks, he's got the best accuracy with forty seven percent. And he gets he's a he's a goal threat as well. And yeah, he's just somebody that it's really easy to like. He's got a good social media game as well. Doesn't take himself too seriously. Mm-hmm. And that that's got to count for something, surely. <laughs> Uh, and I'd imagine you you you're a big fan of him because he's also a big fan of cats. Yes, I'll be a fan of anybody who's a fan of cats, except from I think Hitler might have had a cat. No, he's a dog. See, there you go. That's dog people for you. Yeah, Tate is always he is he's going to be go down as almost a, a terrorist cult hero. Just his uh, belt, and he's uh, I did and I did fear for him because he he was. He was in and out the team under Goodwin, and then he got handed a new deal. Then Robinson, uh, Robinson arrived, and there was one game. Who was it? Was it potentially Levy? They played at St. Mirren, and he made an arse uh, right, late, uh, right the depth, right the death, the death uh, to cost him a draw. I think it actually may have been his former side Motherwell um, <clears throat> back in back in January. Or, or, yeah, might have been that. That game, they were leading 1-0. He tried to see the ball out in the corner and he got pinched and um, they scored a, a very late goal. But he's, he's one of those players who I really enjoy watching. I remember first game of this first uh, one of the first games of the season, Hearts went to St Mirren and it was him and Halliday up against each other. Uh, I think Tate was right, both his wing-backs and it was just it was just a great battle because with, with Tate... You know you're going to get energy. Certainly one of the fittest players, uh, certainly one of the fittest players in the league. And he's, I think he's made he, Graham kind of questioned whether his legs has gone when he left Mullerwell. I think definitely not the case. I think uh, he's he's certainly better than um, if he was still at Mullerwell, he'd be uh, a first choice. Absolutely, no doubt about it. Right. So who is your number ten? My number ten. I think I've. <laughs> I don't think he's been as good as he was at the start of the season, but I've gone for Scott Tanzer. Yeah, I don't have him at all. I'm not a huge Tanzer fan. I get, I get why he's, his delivery is very good. But other than that, I don't really like anything else he does. He's quite a yeah. He's, <laughs> he's a very, good, very good cross on the ball, and that's about it for me. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've put him in for his his attacking attacking qualities because you look at St. Mirren, I think he's, he was probably less so now, but certainly at the start of the season, he was uh, he was a, a really important player for them uh, when they were playing the back three, and he was a left wing back because there was so little. Uh, 
Uh, there, was, there were so few, sorry, attacking options. It was when Goodwin had them as a 3 5 2, and they were really functional and robust. And it was almost like a back a back five. And it was a case of Jay, they were hoping for like inspiration of Jamie McCarth, Connor Rowan, Jamie McGrath, Connor Ronan, or uh, Eamon Brophy. Less so, uh, less so Curtin Smain. And they were just. I think a lot of it was kind of funneled down uh, Tanza. So I remember seeing him at this, uh, midway through the season and there was um, kind of graphs of just how important an attacking outlet Tanza is. What it was, sorry, first at minute. I think that's uh, that's not the case as much now, but you, you look around in terms of uh, in, in terms of crossing, he is... Uh, he is one of the best on the list. I mean, he's he's first for deep completed crosses and he is uh, up there for key passes per 90, so he sets up a lot of chances. That's that's a big thing. When you consider how many Celtic and Rangers players, uh, fullbacks, uh, were in, I think we had a long list of 34 fullbacks. You consider uh, the amount of Celtic and Rangers players, Hearts players in that. The fact that Tanzer's third is, it shows you the... Shows you what he can bring to St Mirren in an attacking sense. Yes, he, he is. But I have seen St Mirren fans recently kind of complain that once a kind of opponent stop him from getting the ball into the box, there's really nothing else that he does. Like yeah, if, he's... If, 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 if they can stop him for crossing, like he's not he's not bad at actually beating somebody like in a kind of tight situation one on one, but he can't run away from anybody. No, he's not it... quick enough. He's very very one paced. He's not very good defensively either. So yeah, I don't. I just don't really like him. He is. He needs. Uh... When he gets a bit of space, he just needs to cross it. I've always... Oh, there, was, there was a long period, actually, I always preferred Callum Booth uh, at left-back at St. Johnson when he, when, when he was there to, to Tanzer. But I can just I can see why, I can see his importance and why managers would be uh, so keen to have him in the starting 11. OK, number 10 for me. Bound to think you've got him on your list. I'll be surprised if you don't. It's Michael Smith of Hearts. No, I don't. You would have What? What? I am stunned. Stunned. You're you're like the Michael you're like the biggest Michael Smith stand, surely. I know. I was just I don't know what it was. Is he a better player than the three that I've mentioned? Yes. Uh, I've probably made the mistake there, but yeah, I didn't have the he's been out for a while. Um didn't have a the best start to this, this it was not the best it was inconsistent I think it was got overblown just how there was talk of a regression uh, so I'm thinking I've really I may have, I'm going to alter my list put them in just because <laughs> I've made a made a real real error here he's still the first choice right back at Hearts the, the third yeah. best team in the league this season he's um, and deservedly so like he's He's solid defensively. Never really lets you down in that area. He can he can play a number of positions, and I was really surprised. I, I kind of I would go against what you say in terms of like I thought that he was surprisingly good this year, considering he was asked to play wing back for, no, but, for most no, of the time. But the, saying, the, the, what I was saying was that there was there was a lot of talk of regression. I just I thought that was it was overblown. I don't think he'd. Uh, I've never seen that talk. I've never seen this regression talk because I would have shot it down because he's looked as spry as ever. Like he loves a like he really. Took to that kind of wing back role with a bit of gusto. He loves to kind of attack the box. He runs. He, he runs really hard in that in that wing back position. Always looking to offer himself forward. Yeah, can go with my point. The stats show that he's got the six most shots per ninety minutes for a full back. Eight in terms of touches in the box. He's as I've mentioned, kind of dependable defender. Very versatile, as we've talked about numerous times before. Before can play in the centre midfield. Can play at centre back. Can play on both sides. And um, when he first came to Hearts, he played on the left quite a bit because. 
Um, we we struggled for players that were any good. Um, but yeah, I still don't think I, I kind of I consider that either him or Nathaniel Atkinson because he's been very impressive since he came in uh, in an attacking sense mm. and, and is very very. <laughs> I know you're um, not getting sold by Atkinson's defensive um, abilities, and which is fair. But it's an attacking sense. It's, it's kind of his numbers, raw numbers are just off the charts in, in terms of how much he's comp- contributing on that end of the field. But overall, if I'm wanting, if I'm having a cup final or a cup semi or whatever, I definitely want Michael Smith starting instead. His um, his injury problems have been a back issue that has plagued him for a number of years and just is kind of refusing to die down this campaign, which is a bit of a, a bit of a concern at his age, but. He has been dealing with it for quite some time, so maybe he's just going through a bad period, and he'll he'll be back, um, back to his best, or or you know whatever version of his best he can be at like thirty three or thirty four in next season, which you would tend to think might be his final one, but you never know. I am. Um, I'm, I'm going to uh, tweak my list, so I'm going to remove Kane Ramsey because he's uh, because of this uh, lack of game time. <laughs> Move Scott Tanzer down one, and I'm going to put Michael Smith in at ten. Probably put him higher because uh, the next two on the list, I would actually consider putting him number eight. Um, it was just a complete oversight and brain fart for me because I I did honestly I'm surprised you didn't see the uh, the questions that were being asked as well as Michael Smith had. Um, was as consistent as uh, I think it was more because he would moved into. I think I think it was. Around the formation, because a lot of fans certainly at the start of the season viewed it as almost a back five because it was Alex yeah. Cochran as a left back, left wing back, and Michael Smith as a right wing back, and there was questions whether Michael Smith can f- fulfil that role. Last season, he uh, is, is like attacking wise, is uh, his stats were off the chart. Yes, it was a championship, and you could see that watching. We had a really good relationship with Liam Boyce. He was getting into really advanced areas, and he's crossing. Uh, was he's got one cross in him, but it's it, uh, where he he, he doesn't drill it. He kind of just uh, it's kind of float slash whip, and um, but it works for him. This season, there's been a couple. I think he's had a couple of poor games, which again has led to that noise, but. He's always responding because was it the Livingston game when he scored? Um, yeah, early season. I think he scored he and set up one. He scored a couple, and I think he's. I think his attacking attributes sometimes get downplayed amongst amongst Hearts yeah. fans. Um, yeah, no, I think he's actually. I think he showed this season he's better than that end, and a lot of people will give him credit for. Do you know who's not better than that end? And you've mentioned them just there already. Alex Cochran. Um, I know he's not on our list, but I just wanted to mention some of the stats on him. And I like Alex Cochran. I think he safe. Yeah, he's safe. I think he makes the right decision uh, more often than not. Uh, well, he makes the right decision about ninety percent of the time, and I think that's where the best of his game comes from. He, he doesn't really let you down. And but in terms of his attacking abilities, crossing percentage was the third worst. Dribbling success was the second worst, and he was second worst for percentage of successful passes to the final third. I found him... So I find with Cochrane is that he can be too slow to cross it. Uh, So he open up his body... And then, but he's just just do, just the mechanism which he goes through. I think he's too slow to cross it, and he turns back on himself too much. When he has right, an open, number nine. Uh, so my number nine is. Uh, I can't separate these two. I really can't separate these two. So I am going to be. I'm going to go for Josh Doig. I have him eight. Who who's your eight out of interest? Calvin Ramsey. Yes, I have them. I have them reversed. I have Ramsey nine and Doig eight. 
Doig just for Doig ahead of Ramsey just for the bigger sample size have also been because Doig's not been great this season but he has had no. good moments he has had very good games um, but last season he was obviously very good overall and over, very good overall across the entire season Calvin Ramsey's not been that great recently so his sample size is a lot smaller it's only really up until about January or January or maybe February where you're, you're talking about Ramsey as a in fact I wouldn't even extend it in February and he had injury problems as well he missed a bit of time so Calvin Ramsey you're only really talking about four months and with uh, with Calvin Ramsey but I just I, I just really like him just really like yeah, him. So that, I think he's another one. Like when I talked about Rooney in terms of ceiling, like how how devastating can they be? How much can they change games? And Calvin Ramsey is that for me. And in terms of that, he can, he can impact the game when he's at his best a lot more than some of the other guys I've mentioned, and that's why I have him so high, despite the uh, fact that, like I say, very small sample size. With so with with Doig, so this is this is my thinking. I've had um I've had Doig eight and Ramsey nine, and had Ramsey. Eight Doig nine. It just it, it, I find them quite hard to differentiate. Doig I think is more consistent. I think you'd uh, he's a better defender. He's more reliable. Whereas Ramsey, it's there's two there's two it's peaks and troughs. There's two very different skills. So you look at defensively, he doesn't show up well. It's big criticism amongst Aberdeen fans is that mm-hmm. he's um he's he's not a great defender. Well, it's um awareness. Yeah, it doesn't want. Doesn't win many duels, no. doesn't win many aerial balls, fouls an awful lot as well. Yeah, I think he, so yeah, I, I noted down, he's he's, he's very foully, um, the, he's, he's bottom five out of the 34 for lowest successful defensive actions per 90 and third lowest defensive duel success, which is, which, which is not great. And I think he is someone who, there's a lot to learn on that side and he's, he's still only 18, so that'll come. But when, I really notice it, when he made his debut for Scotland 21s when they played Turkey in uh, in Turkey earlier in the season and it was almost like sometimes he's in, his decision making when the winger the, the winger or fullback gets the ball and it's almost like he doesn't know whether to back off or uh, really engage with his opponent so then it ends up just being a mix uh, just it ends up being nothing and I think he can be sometimes an easy player for a winger to uh, to go up up against. But then when he's, I think when he switches on and he, he decides just to be aggressive, he can be a very hard player to play against. Um, I've as as far as I'm aware, I understand that um, Jota, uh, Celtic winger, um, was was raving about him. Said it was a very difficult opponent early on in the season. Uh, but with Ramsey, what you get is uh, you get a fullback who is so good going forward. He's such a such a threat going forward. It's it, in terms of just his his, his crossing, his, um, his his ability to run with the ball, his composure with the ball. I think that that's got him in trouble a few times this season, and it's something that I think uh, Patterson is with, Patterson's great with it. Ramsey with it, but he probably takes a bit more. Um, takes a bit more risk is that he always he's, he always wants to keep the ball he always wants to play and then sometimes I think he's he's been reminded by a few Aberdeen games I've been to that he's been reminded by the centre back he's been playing with. I think Bates has had to go him a couple of times uh, to basically which is uh, quite rich coming from Bates but to, to be um <laughs> Uh, to play more safe, to maybe play percentage football, get it, get it away. But Ramsey, I think, I, I, I think that he could go so, so far, and it's no surprise that teams in Italy are looking for him. But the same can be said about Doig. Doig is a a, a superb player. I just don't think he's had this uh, as much influence this season. This season, but then he's got a much bigger. 
much bigger uh, sample size of how good he can be. Uh, I was in the 21's press conference. Um, yes, he's, um, he's on Wednesday, sorry, and he spoke. He is one of the most enthusiastic players I've ever come across. Everything just uh, everything seemed uh, absolutely amazing in his world, and, and fair play to him. And, and he just seems like he, he he really enjoys playing football. And noticed uh, was was on SNS, and there was a picture of him with uh, I think he was wiping sweat from his row. This uh, Josh Doig uh, looks after himself very very well. That's all I'll say. Fair enough. Yes, uh, not much to add to, to what you've said there. I would just one thing I would point out: a stat from Ramsey. Uh, he is second of all those players we looked at in terms of expected assists per ninety. That's quite impressive. When I think the rest of like the top five are all old firm players, mm-hmm. <laughs> because uh, yeah. they're they're gonna have the better chance to do stuff. So for him on a struggling team to to average that much, it shows you that he's got some real kind of creative abilities in his locker and. Yeah, just behind Doig for the for the sample size for me. Like, let's skip ahead then and do you, go so just, to just, your... just, I just wanted to ask about uh, Doig. Do you think we, we mentioned about uh, Devlin? Do you think with Doig you'd like to see more of him as an uh, an attacker? Because like, we've seen it last season. He got was getting in the box quite a bit. I would like to see him being a bit um, a bit more aggressive. He, he, he talked on Wednesday that he's had to adapt to. He basically said transfer speculation did distract him in the summer, and then. Um, he's just had to get used to uh, playing in front of front of crowds again, and there's been, there's been the change of manager, and he's played kind of different roles within the team. But he's someone that I always think that when he, he when he gets going, he can be a really powerful asset going going forward. Yeah, definitely, and I think you see like if you look at the so Hearts and Hibs both played mainly with the three at the back systems this year, and Doig Doig is to be fair uh, kind of. Sometimes played centre half instead mm-hmm. of, of left wing back, uh, which will, will kind of hurt his, his statistics. But when you see like all the Hearts guys, you know, a lot of them in terms of touches of the box are very high up, and Doig isn't. Like playing centre back will have had something to do with that, but you still know when he plays, he doesn't actually. He kind of attacks the outside of the box quite a lot, kind of goes down that channel and tries to get across him. Sometimes it'd be just arrow it a bit and just get in there and, and see what you can make do happen as opposed to just going wide all the time. Um, th- yeah, because I would. I would agree with you. I think he should be trying to do more because he's got a bit of height about him as well. So he can, I mean, he's not the most, it's a bit wiry, but he can still make things happen in there. So that would be something I would like to see from, <coughs> sorry, from him. <coughs> as I'm losing the ability to speak, let's go to your number seven. <laughs> My number seven. Well, welcome to the old firm list uh, where most of the rest are the old players from old firm. I can't believe. So if if you uh, were to say Joe, <laughs> uh, if you were to I'm ask me twelve, well. if you were to ask me twelve months ago, Joe, Anthony Ralston would be in your top twelve next season. I would have slapped you in the bus and told you to fuck off because I did not see this coming. But he, I don't even last season. I didn't even have a like thirty-five man long list or whatever the hell it was. No, he has. Okay, he's not play. He's not been playing as much or as con- uh, consistently because Juranovic is uh, Taylor's back fit again. Juranovic has moved to to right back, but what an impact he had, especially in the start of the season. Okay, he. I don't think he quite. Um, I think he's getting better at it, but I think he's quite uncomfortable in the inverted fullback role. What uh, when when that when he's asked to do that, but in terms of, in terms of going forward. 
he is he's an absolute machine and he, he, he's shown up very well in getting the ball into the final third and being a really advanced fullback he's really a, I love his aggression uh, he must be a nightmare for a winger to face up because you know he's going to he's going to make it a physical contest uh, he's, he's brilliant in there he can that 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 physical that combativeness can maybe sometimes get the better from me. He's a wee bit foully, but I mean, in terms of uh, improvement, he's uh, he's right up there, uh, going from last season to this season, and I, I think he's uh, he's been he's been really good, and he's been slightly unlucky the fact that he's got a very 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 good fullback ahead of him at Celtic. Yeah, we have. Disagreed a bit, I think, in terms of Ralston's suitability in the inverted full-out position. I know your point on, on why he struggles, and it's to do with kind of his body shape when he gets his ball in the centre of the park and to do his passing and, and keep a position for his team, and that, yeah, that's all fair enough. But for me, what stands out is that I think it's made him a better player going forward. It means he can attack the box a lot more, and it's shown by his goal scoring so far this season. He is certainly a goal threat. He's got so much power that I think running on the outside isn't as good for him, because... I think in general, if you're if you're a powerful runner, you want to be running where the bodies are because then then you can use your power to pretty much run through people. And if you're running on the outside, I think it's more about finesse and trying to get away from them and and just get the green and get the green of the grass in front of you and nothing else. Uh, and when Ralph do, does that, uh, which he tended to do for St. Johnson and Dundee United, it's not very good because he's not a good crosser of the ball. And so I think it's better for him just to get into the get into the penalty area and ju- just attack things. And he is. Uh, Again, somebody like and talk about committed players. He's got to be one of the most committed in the entire league in terms of, and he's good in the air as well. Good in the air, loves a slide tackle. Um, maybe not the most, well, definitely not the most disciplined of defenders, but something that might come with a bit more experience and age. Because yeah, I think he's now twenty three, twenty four now, but he's a, he's a young. Well, let me just check that just in case he's not because he may be one of these players that's deceptively young haven't been around for no I think I think 23 you're, you're probably are, uh, you're right yeah 23 he is 23, he's 23. So, but he's a young 23 because I don't think he's got too much experience because he's he's had those loan spells but for a lot of his career he's just kind of sat in the stands and watched Celtic games um, so he's certainly got some learning to do on that aspect but he will I would reckon he would improve at that and yeah just to kind of echo what you said earlier did not see this coming whatsoever no, I think uh, yeah, I, I think you're, you're spot on there. I think he's um, remembering his performance. I think he's he's, he's made he's he started to do he started to do the underlap run really well, uh, mm-hmm. especially when he's played with uh, Leila Bada. Even if it's just a decoy, just to cause a bit of chaos, so Abada can just cut in where he's left. But yeah, it's uh, I think when they've 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 dove, dovetailed quite well at times. Right, who's your number six? So my number six is like the the inverse of uh, uh, Tony Ralston. He went from um, being absolutely superb to I would actually say unreliable, and that's uh, Borna Barisic. I have him number five. I am above, I have him above Greg Taylor just because I still like him better as a player overall. But there's no doubt in Greg Taylor for the better season. Yeah, yeah, I, completely, completely. But I just think the I think Greg Taylor is is I think think he's still underrated. And yeah. I think Borna Barisic, so going back to when he first arrived under Steven Gerrard, <laughs> he's, I think he's had a really weird Rangers career, is that when he's been great, when he's been on form, he's looked like one of the best players in the league, full stop, in terms of what he can do technically, uh, physically, 
uh, his football, just his football ability and his his awareness, his intelligence. But he goes through spells where he goes from being this great, this is a superb fullback to just being so. Um, <clears throat> inconsistent and you, you watch him and you think what's what's happened to you and I think that's happened too much this season um, he's still still a great dribble of the ball uh, he can be such a dangerous crosser he's a powerful player he's he, he's good in the air but it's just uh, I, I don't know if it's just a matter of just focus um, I, 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 think, I think there's a bit of head, heads turnedness going on with Barisic this season you think so? You think because he's he's been linked. I think he was linked heavily with Roma, uh, but do you think this was uh, he he wanted out in the summer? Quite possibly. He's, he's played like that anyway. He's played like a player who could have thought that okay, we've won the title now. Right, what's next? Where can I move to? Oh, Stephen Gerrard's away as well. Okay, uh, you take me to Villa. Okay, no. <laughs> Please, somebody take me. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I've enough too much, but it's like I think he's maybe just gone a bit stale. He really could have shown last season was excellent. And he's taken a step back this campaign, but was, there's a few players in that Rangers team I just do wonder about whether they're similar to Celtic players of last season, and that they're just like kind of one eye, um, one eye out the door. I was going to say that's not a saying. <laughs> one foot out the door. Suppose you can have one eye out the door if you just got your eye right on the right on the door. <laughs> you can have one eye on the door. Yeah, there you go. I think, that, I think that's what you meant. Through, he's he's looking through the people. At, at the English Premier League. So if he's, if, he's, if he's looking at the people, then he's got one eye looking through the door and then the other eye is just literally looking at the door. Okay, yeah. All right, so he's very focused on the door, regardless. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's... Yeah. I think that's Ah, yeah, I've got my head of Greg Taylor. That's It's maybe a bit harsh on Taylor, because like I say, I do think he is underrated, and it's, I think Celtic fans are finally starting to kind of come around to the fact yeah. he is a good player. I think... Most impressive... <laughs> Most impressive thing about Greg Taylor is like for somebody his size, how good the defender he is, especially in, on kind of one-on-one situations with opposing attackers. And um, but Barisic is very good at that as well. He's kind of taken he's he's had some brain farts this season, particularly in kind of off the ball scenarios. The most famous one being the the third goal that Celtic scored <laughs> in the three 0 win at Celtic Park. But when he is when he's got the when he's got the attacker in his sights, he's still elite at that. Yeah, uh, and Greg Taylor's very good at that as well. And somebody who. Like Greg Taylor's had a lot of stick for in terms of his crossing and stuff, but he's still number 12, so not brilliant, but still decent enough for expected assists so far this season. That's Ben Barisic. Yeah, I think I think Greg Taylor, so I've, I've got him as, uh, I think we just sw- swapped around Barisic and Taylor, because I've, I've got him five. You had, you had the other way around, didn't you? Yeah. Um, I think Taylor has been... I, during his Celtic career, he's he, he's been decent in in the final third. Overall, he's, he was came in to replace Tony. He's obviously never going to be um, off that level. But I think his contributions in the final third have been have been underrated. A decent cross to the ball. He's he's quite a smart player, and he's definitely I think improved under Ange Postecoglou. He has so Barisic has. Those moments where you're just like right, he's just just not focused. Whereas Taylor, I think it's more off, um, maybe more of ability. But sometimes he can look out his depth playing uh, playing for Celtic, especially in in Europe. Whereas, you, but you can see the the levels he can get to when, uh, for example, the old firm game. He was superb 
it was it was absolutely brilliant in that inverted left back position, and it kind of showed you the levels he can get to. But I think to get to that, he needs to be within the collective of Celtic. Whereas I don't think he can. I'm trying to explain this is really he can't like if if the rest of the Celtic team are playing well, he can, it doesn't strike me as like he'll elevate the team uh, yeah. from left back. Whereas it's. He's having the, he's having to his best performances when the, the rest of the team are doing really well. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, you've just probably given a you've just probably given a reason why I like Barisic more as well without me actually thinking of it was that he has been in the past somebody that's elevated Rangers play when they've not been playing well, mm. and it's not something you see an awful lot from Taylor. Yeah. Right, I'm starting to wonder how we got the same top four in order, and it will I think rest on who you have at this number four position. So who have you got at number four? I have Rangers left back Calvin Bassey. Quality. I'm hearing a bit of feedback. Is you you got your phone close to your microphone? Uh, yeah, that's yeah. That's I think that's sorry. Sorry. Um, I was wondering. I thought it was just my, my earphones are are rubbish, but yeah, it does seem like it's my phone. Calvin Bassey. Yes, I think we've got the. I think we must have the, the same four and probably in order as well, unless you go really wild <laughs> on our favourite who's left on this list. But yeah, Calvin Bassey, who's just emerged this season and made himself, I have him number four as well, has made himself the, the number one left back at Rangers. Uh, he is a absolute machine of a man. His, the, just cut, continually takes the ball off of opponents with ease, um, but also very good at getting forward, real strong, powerful runner. Uh, somebody who gets forward and likes to attack the penalty box, make things happen. Excellent at progressing the ball up the park, and good good with running the ball. Yeah, not as good a crosser as no. as Bassey certainly, but not dreadful at it either. And still has the enthusiasm to to whip the ball in uh, several times a match as well. So he's just been a, a kind of real kind of revelation for Rangers this season in a campaign where. A lot of their established players have not played up to their previous levels. Um, he is somebody who has really kind of came on leaps and bounds. And it's, it's tough as well whether to kind of consider him as a centre-back. Because a lot of Rangers fans, well, Rangers fans, I, whose opinions I certainly care about, um, I think his long-term future revolves at centre-back, and I can certainly see why. But he is just so good at getting forward as well that you, you would kind of hate to take away the, those rampaging runs up the wing. Yeah, it's you use the word enthusiasm, and that's uh, that's how I feel watching him. You just uh, you just he's the type of player that just makes you um, makes you happy. You're watching the game because he is he's just just a fun player. You can tell that he's just absolutely loving life when when he's playing. I mean, uh, his performance against Dortmund in Europa League was just incredible. Set up the I think set up Tavernier's goal in the two two draw. I think it was. Um, if if I'm if I'm correct, I think he's I think he was playing centre back, but he was charging. He just uh, was just charging up the up the wing, and yeah, it was a swither. And just I think we chose him as left back just because he's he split the time between left back and centre back, and obviously he's, he came in as a left back. You could probably see him look at him as a, a left sided centre back in a free. Um, if he if he found the, the team more. Um, position and obviously Rangers under Giovanni Van Bronckhorst have uh, there's been a tendency it's been, I think quite popular in Europe is to drop someone like John Lundstrom 
into the into the back three, and he's almost be, became that less area centre back because that position similar to Tierney allows him would allow him to burst forward, but also get the best out of his his defensive qualities. He's had a couple of dodgy games at centre back. I'm thinking of the the three 0 game at Celtic Park, and then obviously the Ross County uh, game not long after. Uh, where he he made a a real bad error, but other than that, he's been he's he's been absolutely excellent, and he he was always one of those players that he signed from. He came in from like a uh, from Premier League two, and you always wonder if players playing at that level coming at the Scottish Premiership can handle it. But he's settled in, and he's he contributed last season. But yeah, I think another word you used to describe him was revelation, and he is uh, he's just that. Aggressive, forward-thinking, um, powerful, dynamic player at, that just has everything going for him to be a, a left-back or a full-back. And uh, yeah, he's, he's thoroughly deserved his place high up our list. Right, here's your number three. My number three is Heart of Midlovian centre-back, left-back, defensive wizard Stephen Kingsley. Yes, hell yes. I don't know if this is a homer pick to have him above Bassey Taylor and Barisic, but fuck it, he's been excellent. Yeah, it was. It was definitely going to be in my top five, and then it was just decided in order. And you know what? Fuck it, he's been brilliant. Uh, I, I've, I'm although my heart's biased to run free. Uh, is a lot of talk about Craig Halkett being Hearts' best defender. A lot of talk about John Sewer being Hearts' uh, best defender. Stephen Kingsley is. He's just. He's just so cool and calm, composed, safe. Anything you want. Just when he plays, no matter if it's left uh, left back, left centre back in a back three, centre back in a back four, everything about him is just he, he just does with the min- He just makes everything look easy. Uh, he does nothing phases him. He is great on the ball. I think it's really suited when he's played left centre back because it allows him to st- uh, step up and interchange with whether it's Halliday or Cochrane and motor into left hand side positions. And you you brought up, you brought up Cochrane earlier on. Kingsley is night and day a better uh, wing back than in, in an attacking sense. You see how much of a goal threat he is, both from set pieces and uh, whether he's taking the free kick or in the air. The goal recently completely forgot who we were playing. Uh, he rose and there's there a great clip of it. I can't remember who would be at home, but the way he hung in there, uh, he doesn't look the most athletic, but he, he certainly is. He's, he's quick, he covers the ground uh, really well, he reads the game really well. He's just an all rounded, excellent defender. Let me read some stats. I have 10 here, 10 categories. Kingsley's in the top 10 for all of them. So he's in the top 10 for shots per 90 minutes, crossing accuracy, progressive runs per 90, progressive passes per 90, and forward passing accuracy. He's in the top 5 for percentage of defensive duels 1 per 90, interceptions per 90, and aerial duel percentage. So he's good in the air as well. And he's in the top 2 for the least fouls committed by a fullback this season, and for shots blocked. Hmm. <laughs> the, only thing he's, the only thing he was in the bottom... 10 for 
is accept, expected assists per 90 and crosses per 90. But that's only because he's playing left centre-back for most of the campaign. If he was playing at full-back, he'd be higher up in those as well. He's literally doing nothing wrong. <laughs> there was another one that really stood out for me when I was looking at uh, this uh, slide tackles per 90. Uh, so obviously he talked about Kane Ramsey and how, how fun they are. But Kingsley is at the opposite end of the scale. I think he, I think he'd be in certainly in the... Um, uh, the the 10 who do at least but he, he stays I think what shows is that he stays on his feet he doesn't need to go to ground and yeah. that's a big thing for a defender Right who's your number 2 this is a big one uh, number 2 and number 1 because James Tavernier is a reigning champion and uh, would certainly make a very good case this season con- considering these stats but there is a Pretender in Glasgow, pretender, sorry, a contender in Glasgow. He's definitely not a pretender. He's very good. Uh, a contender also in Glasgow from Celtic Park and Yusup Juranovic. So, Joel, which of those two is at number two? I have gone for James Tavenier. Oh! Wow! Wow! Big! Uh, had, He's gone big. Yeah, it had to, it had to be done. I mean, Tavenier, you cannot ignore. The numbers, the the sheer numbers he puts up on a cons- uh, on a yearly bait, like a weekly basis, monthly basis, yearly basis in the Scottish Premiership. How important he is to Rangers. Uh, I know uh, Adam Thornton, um, Rangers fan, and sometimes Terrace contributor will be uh, will be mortified by this decision. But Josip Juranovic is uh, maybe one of my favourite players in Scotland at the moment. I just, I just love watching him, and I just look at him and thinking he is the ideal fullback that's, that, that Celtic needed. Um, I think he's a great player, and it was, it was a tough decision. But yeah, I've, I've opted for Tavenier as second, partly because defensively, I've always thought it was, <clears throat> it's been overegged. Like people talking about, oh, Tavenier's great going forward, but I don't think he's a great defender. I've always thought that was over exaggerated. I think he was a completely fine defender. This season, however, I, I don't think he's been. Uh, I think there's been moments, and the Rangers defence as a whole, they've just they've just given up soft goals. I've still got Tav number one. Uh, you're not you're not moving on from my list. Uh, yeah, progressive passes number one, progressive runs number two, touches in the box number three, crosses number two. Uh, expected assists well, well out in front per 90 minutes. Uh, he's got the most assists in the league by a mile as well. He's uh, number one in shots for fullbacks. He's still scoring lots of goals. Yes, there is the penalties, but he's still just a he's just still just a complete force of nature and somebody that's just very difficult to stop. And yes, he's had his defensive blunders, but I still it's going to take a lot. It's going to take a lot for somebody to dethrone Tavernier while he's still in good form. And he, I think he still has been one of Rangers' best players this season, despite the fact he's maybe taken a step back. One thing that stands out in terms of regression is his crossing accuracy has really been iffy this season, yeah, considering that was one of his strengths for most of his career. But I'd like to maybe just think that that's just... I mean, a, a season isn't a small sample size usually in football, but... You know, sometimes you can have these wee outliers, and I'd like to think it's just that because typically Tavernier is excellent in terms of his deliveries into the penalty area. Juranovic, yep, brilliant, undoubtedly quite quite close to Tav in a number of those categories that I already kind of mentioned, and really can up there. And he's he's proven himself to probably be a better defensive player than, than Tavernier. But I'm still going to go for for my old favourite, <laughs> the man who I've been champion ever since he was a player of the championship, and everybody was saying he was rubbish because he was only scoring against a bunch of jobbers and couldn't defend. Um, so no, it's going to be, it's going to take me a while before I sell almost sell my stock on 
Sorry, sell my, my properties on, on Tavernier Island. That is, uh, is, is very much a case where I've been, uh, you, you've gone back to the well and you've got a favourite toy and it's James Tavernier, whereas this <laughs> n- this new shiny toy's arrived and my eyes have just lapsed. Like, oh, Yusuf Juranovic. Uh, he's, he's consider- I, I've, gone for, I've gone for Woody and you've gone for Buzz. <laughs> I consider, uh, considering how how fun Celtic have been to watch at times this season. And you've got Kyogo, uh, Abada, uh, Jota, um, then the midfield, like Atati, McGregor's been excellent. Rogic is, is, is much improved from last season. I've always found like when watching Celtic games, when Juranovic's plays, just, just watching Juranovic because he's just so energetic he covers ground so well his heat map is just, I was looking at it before coming on it was just ridiculous it's just like bright red all the way up all the way up the flank I mean he covers ground so well uh, he's tenacious um, and he fits into we talked about Ralston he fits into that inverted fullback position so well just because he takes care takes care of the ball so well the only thing I was slightly disappointed with is I expected him to be more of a, a threat from crossing because uh, I'm sure when he was at Legia Warsaw it was, uh, it was it was almost like the um, the right the right sided Barisic with his ability to get, get the ball at his feet and whip, whip crosses in so that's the only thing I've um, I'm not really seen too much of him but yeah uh, he, does, either he, does, or. he does still do it a, he does still do it a fair bit and I think that would have to be again with something that Celtic like to play like are the fullbacks are going inside more than normal fullbacks do they still go on the outside mm, uh, yeah. definitely um, but when you're going inside more it's kind of you can't really cross from the centre of the park yeah. can you I, I just um, I think I thought uh, he could he would be a uh, so Jack Jackamakis would have been a great foil for his his ability from from wide but yeah uh, one and two yeah the only are, thing you can't the only thing you can't really do is he's not very good in the air that's it no no I mean he's 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 tiny compared to like yeah. you know, Barry uh, Bassi or Barisic or Ralston or um, others. Right, that'll do us. We uh, bit of disagreement there. That was quite fun. Uh, we all had we had the exact same top. I think we had the exact same top nine, but a, f- a couple of different positional yeah. orders. And the oh, sorry, we had the exact same top ten after you decided to launch your number ten and put Michael Smith. Instead. I honestly, I, was, I, was, I don't know what it, I don't know what it was in my head. I just I think it was because of being out for so long. I just like right, I'll uh, I'll try and and I've got Kingsley in there already. I'll try and mix it up a bit uh, and leave Michael Smith out, but it's just daft. I would genuinely looking at it, I would consider putting him. Uh, in in eighth ahead of uh, Ramsey and Doig. Right, I think that'll do us. Thank you very much for joining me, Joel. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. And th- and thank you very much to everybody for listening. If you'd like to hear our lower league version of this podcast, we're looking through all the fullbacks and the other three divisions in the SPFL. Sean McGuigan and Fraser Clark have you covered. To listen to that, head over to our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Terrace Podcast to check out that show. And that'll do it for us. Uh, we are recording this a week ahead, so I've no idea if we've said anything, if somebody's been injured or something, or they've been caught in a compromising situation away from football, we've not mentioned it. That's the reason why. Uh, and I'm not even entirely sure which day I'll release this podcast on, but um, whatever time it is, whatever time of year it is, <laughs> whatever time in March or April or whenever it is, I hope you enjoy your football. Thank you. Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.